Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always. What's up, guys? It's Lukey. What are we talking about today? You know, it's supposed to be the, the slow time of the year. Our episode last week was one of our longest in a while. I think it was upwards of an hour and, and 20 minutes. We'll try to make it a little shorter this week, but we got several topics. We got some NBA stuff. We're going to look back on the draft last week and provide a little insight there. NBA free agencies hot and heavy right now. A lot of stuff going down. So we'll give some insights on early free agency. We'll do the over-under game with the NFC South. Then we'll wrap up with a little little secret topic, some news that came out last week that I want to get Luke's thoughts on and potential domino effect as an impact of that. But before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. August is here with tons of exciting sports action. And if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. With the Olympics in full swing, Major League Baseball's second half of the season and football right around the corner. There's plenty of lines, prop bets, and futures to love. What you got this week? We have NFL football on Thursday night, my friend. God, we do. The Hall of Fame game. Very, uh, very close to our hometown in Canton, Ohio. The home of the Hall of Fame. Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers. Give me the Dallas Cowboys plus one and a half. So I'm going to go with a little bit of a future here or a prop bet. I was looking on betonline.ag and I saw the odds for NBA rookie of the year. He's the number six pick overall, but his odds right now are 16 to one. I really like those odds. You know, throw a couple, couple, throw a couple shillings down on there, right? A couple credits, but I like Josh Giddy 16 to one. There's some good value there. I like that. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right. NBA draft last Thursday night. There was some action, right? There was some movement. I don't think some of the Big stuff people thought potentially could happen did. No Dame Lillard, no Golden State moves, no Ben Simmons, no Bradley Beal. So there was a lot of movement within the rounds themselves, but no major pieces fell except for one, right? I mean, obviously, right before the draft started, Russ Westbrook got traded for some players, number 21 overall. We'll I mean, I, I would imagine we're going to talk about the Lakers here in the next segment. So so we'll leave it at that. But who do you think improved themselves the most last Thursday night? Well, I think it's Detroit, right? They got the guy that everyone assumed was the best player in the draft. And I think they did as well. And as far as best drafts, I don't know if they had the best drafts, but I think that they, they definitely got the best player 
right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's arguably the best player. I think it's open of one of three or maybe four guys, but he's certainly the one that is probably the favorite to be the best early on. I'm not sure he has this, the highest ceiling. Uh, yeah, I think there's there's probably an argument to be made there. But, um, you know, I think a lot of the even the contenders did well. You know, Cam Thomas falling all the way down uh, to Brooklyn. We mentioned the Lakers had traded their pick, but there were some guys available there at 22 that looked like they might be OK. The Clippers, you know, they, they got Quentin Grimes in the first round, but then traded back up in the second round and went and got my guy Jason Preston. You know, he's a developmental guard from OU. But as you mentioned, there was not a lot of action. Quentin Grimes actually ended up with the Knicks when it was all said and done, I think. Oh, that's right. I think that they that was one of the, like the Knicks drafted like two guys like within three picks and Spike Lee well, was going they, nuts. No, they, they traded, traded both, both of them. Of them. <laughs> yeah, they kept trading back. And I'll talk about them a little bit next. But, you know, I thought the team that improved themselves the most, surprise, surprise. I thought it was the Golden State Warriors. I thought they got really good value both at 7-14 and 14. Jonathan Kaminga little bit of a project, but that's a guy who has a super high ceiling, already has NBA experience, needs to improve in a couple different areas, but super athletic. I think he's going to fit right into that team. At 14, they got Moses Moody, a guy that I thought was probably a top 10 talent. I think he can potentially fit into the starting lineup or, you know, be in the rotation as the sixth or seventh man very quickly. Kendrick Perkins certainly can't say his name. If anybody wants to go out and look for that clip of Perk trying to say Moses Moody. I was a little impaired, but I I was laughing like for 20 minutes. Like I just kept watching it on a loop. I like the value that the Warriors ended up getting at both seven and 14, considering they were going to, or there was so much talk of them moving those picks. You know, obviously they didn't get a Bradley Beal or a Damian Lillard out of it, but they got some talent. I was really happy with what they did. And I'll also go with, I'll go with OKC. I, you know, Giddy at six, uh, you mentioned pretty good odds there for the uh, rookie of the year. And then uh, Al Sengun at 16, which, um, you know, he was a guy that I had, li- I had talked about in the, the, the draft preview show from Turkey. The center kind of plays a little bit like Kevin Love, prime Kevin Love, not Kevin Love now. Not Jerry Colangelo's Kevin Love. Um, yeah, it's certainly not. And then uh, the point guard from Florida, which, you know, the uh, analytics profiles, analytics guys really liked um, like Trey Mann. So, uh, yeah, I think OKC did a good job given, um, you know, the, the bad hand they were dealt. I want to say that kind of tongue in cheek because we've been, you know, I've personally been banging on them for these trades where they're just, they're collecting all these late first round picks. And um, I think you've seen now with the way that the lottery works, where it's kind of disincentivized tanking a little bit, whereas the teams, the odds are shifted now as, mm-hmm. as compared to what they used to be. So teams that are picking, you know, one, two, three, I think that they understand that it's harder to get those top three picks now, you know, so they're not going to just sit there and go, oh, you know what? I'm going to take four, three or four late first round picks for this top pick because I might not get back up here. So I think that that, that might be a little a blind spot in, in Sam Presti's plan here as he collected, I think three or four more first round picks last week. Um, I know he got two from Houston and actually I think Sengun ended up with uh, Houston now that I'm thinking about it, but too many yeah. trades. man. It's too, so yeah, it was, movement. it was, it was the Rockets. He ended up with the Rockets, but um, you know, I still, I'm still a big fan of Giddy. 
because yeah, they traded they traded that Sangoon pick and got two first round picks, and they picked up another first round later from I think Utah for for fate for taking favors off their hands. Um, but yeah, Actually, I just not a bad they, move for them. It's not terrible, but bring but, um, favors in. I mean, he's still got a little bit of tread left on the tire, and pick up another first round pick. But again, we just talked it's about down the road though, and you never know. I mean, you you mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen with Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you know, that's the thing. I, I think they're playing the long game here and hoping that some of these teams, a la Houston and, you know, some of these other teams are potentially they're making moves for the short term. And then, you know, some of these picks are four or five years out. Right. I think they're they're potentially playing the long game where, I mean, there could be a draft in 2024 or 2025 where they have three or four top 10 picks. Could be. It could be. Yeah. Um, you know, because th- a lot of those picks, the way that, uh, you know, they're structured with protections and whatnot, they might not convey until later when those protections run out. So it, it's possible. It's just I just think that there's some holes in it. That's all. There certainly is. So who left you scratching your head? I mean, you talked a little bit about OKC and, you know, them collecting, you know, 100 picks or whatever. But of the teams that actually drafted players who did you look at and you were like yeah i don't know about that one san antonio josh primo shooting guard from alabama he had some late talk in the process about being in the first round and then he ends up going <laughs> in the lottery and, and look mocks are not the end all be all but i think the highest we saw him was like 25 in box and um if san antonio wanted him why don't they just trade down and try and add some some stuff you know to, to get him but i i just don't know what what he does that uh, that it was so intriguing that they had to take him at twelve there. So definitely San Antonio for me, and I maybe maybe pops a little distracted right now, but yeah, the Knicks. I don't understand. You got nineteen, you got twenty one. There's guys on the board there. I mean, they basically passed on an opportunity to get any combination of Jalen Johnson, Kai Jones, and Keon Johnson. Jalen Johnson, you had talked about as a guy who you thought was projected out as a much better pro than where he was being drafted. Keon Johnson as well. And then Kai Jones was a guy from Texas who, you know, I didn't watch a lot of Texas basketball last year, but as they talked about him and showed his highlight package, I mean, he's a guy that is the, a modern day, big, you know, big athletic long. So, you know, to walk away and not get any of those guys and end up kind of with Quentin Grimes, you know, 6'5", 200 pounds from Houston. I mean, he's a good player, but I think they really missed an opportunity to get a lot of value. Yeah, what a great pick for for Atlanta. You know, there was talks leading up that they might try and yeah, move off 20. of Cam Reddish. Yeah, so why not take a guy that's that's kind of Cam Reddish-y? <laughs> yeah, I um, go that far. No, no, I don't, I don't think he was the prospect that, that Reddish was, and I think Reddish was a little overrated as a prospect, and I think Johnson... We know. Was, underrated as a prospect you can go back and listen to previous episodes where but um but yeah i think that uh you know he's got that style of play and uh, i just think it was a good pick for them all right so let's put you on the spot here way too early favorite for rookie of the year i talked about liking giddy because of his betting value there but just for for face value who's the guy that you look at the the location that he went to skill set and potentially who you think has the the best opportunity if you had to tell me right now who you thought was going to be rookie of the year next year who is it um i mean i hate sounding like this but it's probably k just because 
you know, he's going to have the ball in his hands a ton. He's going to be, you know, running the show there. He's the guy. I think Jalen Suggs has a pretty decent shot at it. Uh, I really like Josh Giddy at those odds. If I had to pick one of them, I think I'd have to I'd have to just go with Cade. Built for it. He's ready for the he's ready for this for this game already. Um NBA ready and he's just going to have he's going to be in control of so much. I'm going to go with Jalen Green. You know, I think he's going to I think he's just going to come out of the gate and he's going to be able to score, right? He's already shown he can score against NBA competition. It's not like he's going to be fighting for balls with anybody in Houston really. I think Cade's going to be there's going to be more of an emphasis for him to sort of be a Grant Hill or a LeBron type player to distribute and get other guys involved. Whereas I think they're going to ask Jalen Green just to kind of score, just score right away, take a lot of shots. You and KPJ go out there every night. They're almost like twins, you know, they're very, very similar players, similar looking players. So I think, you know, you could see him score a lot. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a dark horse. I think Corey Kispert going to Washington was sneaky and you know he's not having to fight for shots with Russ I mean it's him and Bradley Beal really at this point I think you could see Corey Kispert average 15 16 17 points a game next year I think he's a sneaky pick as a dark horse for for rookie of the year and I'm gonna throw his name out there yeah that's not that's not a bad one the only thing with with Green is there's still John Wall, Christian Wood. Those guys, those guys are still going to get their shots. But you know, even KPJ is going to get his shots as well. So that, that's the only thing. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's out there scoring 20, 24, 25 a game, right? I, maybe I'll give him twenty. <laughs> it's tough for these guys. Very few rookies come in and average more over twenty points a game. I mean, it's it's few and far between. All right, who who did Book Knight end up with? Charlotte. Charlotte, oh, so. and I like that for them. That was nice. He went to Charlotte at what, like nine? 11. 11. Yeah, he just kept falling. It was one of those things where, yeah, because, I don't even. Uh, uh, like, it was kind of weird that the Sacramento took Davion Mitchell, and that was kind of a kind of a little bit of a, a surprise, I think. I had him a lot higher than I think you did, right? I had him potentially going, you know, in the top 10. So, you know, I, well, I, I think, think they were linked so strongly to uh, Franz Wagner and he went right in front of him. Orlando yeah, took him at eight to Orlando. I just think teams like his he's you know, they call him off night for Christ's sakes, you know, because the guys he guard just don't have good games, good shooting. You know, I, he's a good player. I, I'm not surprised he, he went that high. I was surprised that book Knight slid as much as he did. But you know what? He's going to be a good player. And I think he ended up going to a really good location. Yeah, and I like they got Kai Jones a little bit later. We talked about that trade with yep. the Knicks, so I like what the Hornets did. Yeah, me too. All right, let's go. Let's get into free agency. Free agency started yesterday, last night at about 6 o'clock. I was playing FIFA when you sent me the text. I wasn't even really paying attention watching that, uh, you know, San Antonio making the most San Antonio move of all time. <laughs> Zach Collins and uh, Dougie, Dougie, McBuckets. Dougie McBuckets early on. Outside of that, let's not get into the whole who who improved themselves the most, who's left you scratching their head. Just what sticks out to you, good, bad? What are your thoughts early on? I want to talk about the Heat because there, once once Kawhi got hurt, I, I think it was pretty clear that he was going to end up back in, in the Clippers uh, or back in L.A. with the Clippers. But f- interesting story that Ramona Shelburne wrote today. I don't know if you got a chance to look at that uh, on Kawhi. On Kawhi with a lot of interesting tidbits there. Well, did you see what Kendrick Perkins said about him today? Uh, I did said he's the most selfish player in the history of sports. I don't know if he's that, but he's, I, I think he's definitely 
I think Perkins is definitely on to something there. You know, I think Kawhi gets this because he doesn't talk. He's quiet. I think he gets this this rep as like, oh, he's a good guy. And but but some of that stuff was a little overblown in my opinion. I didn't read the article, so tell me about it. I'm not gonna before you tell me any of this, I'm not gonna go as far to say that he's a bad guy, but I definitely don't think he's gonna do in over the course of his career, he's never gonna do anything to help the organization that he plays for. Correct. Um, and, and it's it's stuff along those lines. So I don't know if you remember exactly a couple years ago with his free agency. The story is that Westbrook reached out to him before any of this. You know, he yeah. was he was down to the Lakers, the Clippers or, or Toronto. He was trying to go somewhere to one of those three teams. Obviously, the Lakers had LeBron and AD, so he was just going to go there. He was trying to bring a, another star caliber player with him to L.A. or either or, or to Toronto. Westbrook had reached out to him and said, hey, why don't we go to the Clippers? You know, I want to go back home to L.A. We can team up, whatever. Kawhi hangs up the phone and calls Paul George and tells and him. And tells him that Westbrook <laughs> called. That's but fucked hey, up. I want to play with you. I don't want to play with him. Don't. That you is know, go, fucked up. Go request a trade. Don't get stuck in OKC. Come play with me in L.A. And, you know, the rest is history. We know what happened. So, yeah, <laughs> oh that's. <laughs> So that, that's that, some um, shady fucking shit. And, and we know that he that he stopped, you know, he he stopped communication with Toronto, San Antonio, San Antonio. With San Antonio. Toronto couldn't really get him on the phone there in, in the closing hours when he was saying, hey, you know, Russ is texting me, calling me. Why don't you come play with me when he's so? Well, I heard know, Wendy last week, last week when I was driving up to Ohio, you know, I, I got some Cleveland sports talk takes on the Kevin Love thing. But also Wendy talked about. Kawhi and he basically said that at any point in his career and it's never going to change if he's not 100% he doesn't want to play which mm -hmm. is crazy because how many of these guys are are ever at 100% so it's like if he well, doesn't LeBron if, talked about it, he's like I'll yeah, never be 100% if he doesn't feel good he doesn't want to play that game that day and it's just like man that that to me on top of what you just told me, you know, some of this stuff, it's just starting to add up. I mean, he's a good player. I don't want to take anything away from him. I'm not saying he's not, but uh, I don't know why anybody would want to play with him. Oh, look, I, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, you know, he doesn't owe Russell Westbrook anything. I, I'm not saying that he does, um, but that's kind of, I mean, you use that like as leverage to, to try and get Paul George. We know that he had called, you know, he called KD that, that same summer and, and, Durant was like completely caught off guard by it. It's just, he's just a weird guy, man. He's just he's just out there, just not a big fan. But uh, and I'm also trying. There was some rumors to uh, today or yesterday I saw that came out that said he kind of wanted to talk to some teams before he decided to stay. Now I don't know. He's going to right. Well, I think he already agreed. He already did. He, he did that happen today? So. Okay, I missed that. I thought he was going to talk to like uh, Dallas and. No, everybody, everybody moved too fast and signed everybody last night. So he didn't get the chance. He didn't get the chance to talk to anybody. And so that's, I think that, you know, he ends up back in LA. Did he sign a one and one with the Clippers? I believe so. Yeah. I'm trying, they're basically I'm trying gonna to find pay, it now, but they're going to pay him to become, a, to just not play this year. And he's going to become a free agent again next year. That's the dumbest move that they could have made, I believe. Yeah, but what are you going to do? You know, I think we knew that this was coming. You have to keep the guy. You can't just lose the asset. Do you know what I mean? I would trade. Okay, so him. You know what? I, I don't. He declined the option. I don't. I think that it's just all I can see is that the expectation is that he resigns. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know if he's officially. 
signed. So it hasn't signed. happened yet. But the expectation he's going to do one and one and decline the option and become a free agent next year again. Right. And, but he wanted to talk to some teams and then they <laughs> just kind of passed him by. Well, what are they going to? I mean, he's not. He's not going to play. I, I don't. I, and I and I think any any team that he would have signed with, he would have forced a one and one. So he was going to do to anybody what he's what he's doing to the Clippers right now. I probably think if he goes somewhere else, it's probably two and one. But at the same time, you're you're getting him a year from now. Yeah. You know. So who knows? But anybody? What was the any, question? <laughs> yeah, you were going to talk about the Heat. <laughs> yeah, the Heat. <laughs> so Zach Lowe had, had wrote the article about them reloading. Is this, is this a reload to you? I, I'm not really exactly sure. I, think- I will tell you this. I do not want to be a team playing them in the playoffs with Bam, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry. I mean, that's a torture chamber defense that I, I think is going to give, you know, Dragon, our boy Dragonfly Jones said this team's going to give – they're going to give somebody hell for five games, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, it's not like I don't expect them to make a run, but I expect them to make a really, really tough five or six game series for, for somebody. Sure. I, I, yeah, I totally see that. And, and as we just saw literally just uh, in the past few months, anything can happen once you're there. Um, you know, a certain guy could get hurt, you know, whatever, uh, whatever it may be, but, I think their ceiling is what a three seed. I don't. I don't think they're passing. I don't even th- honestly, I don't even think it's that high. I think that they're probably a four, five, six seed. Yeah, I think they're kind of a but, Milwaukee light, right? When you here's the thing with Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee gets Bobby Portis back. They lose PJ Tucker, but they get Bobby Portis back. And I think the one thing that everybody's overlooking with Milwaukee is they get Dante DiVincenzo back next year, who's a fucking great perimeter defender. So, you know, I almost think that maybe that's a little bit of letting PJ walk as a little bit of addition by subtraction with that, just so they don't have to kind of worry about that. I like what Miami did for sure. I don't like paying Duncan Robinson $90 million over five years, the highest paid undrafted player in in NBA history. I think that got tied hours later, but yeah. I do not like that, you know, and I think it's really interesting what they've done it certain i don't think it was the worst contract that was signed yesterday but it was one of the worst the guy yeah, that Sac- I, I, the I guy that necessary. sacramento gave 55 million dollars that averages oh, nine Holmes. points yeah i mean that was fucking nuts and then obviously the biggest one of all and i'll wait till it's my turn to talk about that i'm not sure I, yeah I, like i'm not saying that they you know that this was good i just think that the way that they're built and the way Pat Riley does business is they, they operate in free agency. Um, sometimes it works out where you can sign and trade for a guy like Jimmy Butler and, um, you know, you make it to an NBA finals. Uh, they also, they, they do draft really well. So I'm not, I mean, Bam was picked, I think 12th, I think hero was in the teens. So those are the guys that they can get late that, you know, they're, they're, they're very good at talent evaluation Tyler but, um, ain't, ain't what he used to be I'll tell you sure that. sure and who know i mean we're not giving up on him yet though. i'm sorry i'm not i i just don't think that i think that it was a little bit of uh i bet know. they wish they had james harden sure and the, if that's really the reason you didn't go get james harden yeah you're, you're probably Sounds kicking like yourself what, what do you think about what chicago did interesting it's very interesting uh, including the move today obviously I love what they did with with Lonzo. I love getting Lonzo. 
we can we've seen what what a decent point guard can do. You know, like you look at Chris Paul going to to Phoenix. He really opened up Aiton and and Booker's games. I think that he can do that a little bit for Levine and uh, probably Vucevic too as well. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, you know Caruso. It, it, that's that's magic off the bench. I like that. I like having an athletic guy that can shoot and can play some defense and and uh, get you some runouts. And um, they paid way too much for DeRozan. Um, yeah, but what I'll say about that, I knew you were going to say that. What else? There, there is a resurgence of the of the mid range game going on in the NBA right now, and he's one of the best at it. Sure, but what's he coming to do there? He's going to be the fourth option. No, he'll be the third option. Third option. I, think. I, I actually, you know what? Honestly, he's probably who's the coach in Chicago right now? Donovan. Billy Donovan. So my guess is they'll probably work through the big, right? They'll they'll probably do a little bit of a tradition. Lonzo's not going to be your. I think the Rose. I think you know it's obvious. I think it goes. Yeah, Lonzo's Levine. a facilitator. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I think it, it puts him right there in the mix. Second, third option, uh, depending on how it's going with Vucevic. I kind of like what they did. I mean, what else are they going to do? Not spend thirty million on Demar Derozan. Yeah. Okay. So, wh- what else? You got anybody else that you liked or didn't like what they did? <laughs> do you want to talk about the guys that got extended? You know, I think that's interesting. I, I didn't have one an issue spe- with any of specifically. Them. No, I don't have an issue with any of them. One specifically is pretty interesting, I think. And uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander was pretty much bandied about in every single trade that Oklahoma city wanted to make to move up anywhere from three to four to five. It sounded like um, he was mentioned. Well, here's how I think those calls went. We know Oklahoma city wanted to move up. So they called teams, the Cavaliers at three uh, team, the team at four, who was at four um, Toronto and Toronto. And they four say, Hey, we want to move up. And they say, okay, we want SGA. And then they probably hung up the phone. I'm pretty sure it was reported that Shea was offered for the number one overall pick. It was Shea and a first and some other stuff. Okay, that's the number one overall pick. Sure, I sure. Mean, I, I understand. And and maybe maybe that's what maybe that's what does lead to those those other calls saying, okay, yeah, you call us and we're going to ask for Shea because once they hear that, and maybe they did. I mean, but he he was extended awfully quick. I, I didn't have a problem with it. I think he's worth every dime that he got in that extension. So. I think they all were. I think everybody that got extended, Trey Young got extended. Um, Steph got a big extension. I thought, you know, Jared Allen, the Cavs signed him for $100 million. That was probably the most economic of all the extensions out there. I mean, if you think about it, what they give him, five years, $100 million? Yeah. I don't 20 know. $20 million a year. Yeah. He's 24. Our team is like. I, I, Twenty-two years old, like everybody. On sure, it. he's he's projected he's, to be the oldest starter at twenty-three. Is. You know, Look, I, I don't have a problem with it. It's just some of the smarter people that I follow and read said, you know, it's just kind of a. You know, I think it's a good fit with Mobley, but it's a guy that just kind of, kind of rim runs and grabs rebounds, which is valuable. You know, he's a rim protector. You're hoping that he takes the the next leap, right? Like, uh, kind of like, and I saw this mentioned on Twitter as well as uh. It's kind of like the Capella deal. Like you're hoping that he takes a leap like he did last year with Atlanta. Now we don't have a guy like Trey Young for him to kind of play off of. So I don't know what it's going to look like. And I don't know. Darius Garland's pretty good. He's not Trey Young though. He's good. And I like him. And I think that he's got plenty of room to improve. And I think that he's going to. I think think he gets way more on the open market. I think he gave us a discount to stay there. I think on the open market, he probably gets paid 
at least $5 million more per year. Probably I'm, I'm, I'm being a little bit, you know, shoot from the hip on that, but my guess is he could have very easily got a five-year $125 million deal on the open market. Maybe, maybe we've seen, we see bad deals every year. Yeah. I'll tell you about the one that I thought was the worst. I think the Phoenix Suns giving a 37-year-old or going to be 37-year-old point guard a four-year, $120 million contract. I I think they basically, because they they didn't want him to talk to other teams, right? So they just went in and fucking blew him and just blew him away. I think they really hurt themselves in the the long term. I mean, he's going to be sitting on the last at least one or two years of that contract and they're going to be cash trapped because they're not a big market team. Like they're not going to go into the luxury tax the way that some of these other teams do. Oh no. He's notoriously low right. spender, you know? So, so I think they've, they basically said, look, we're going to give ourselves a two year window and then we're going to pay for it for two years after that. So I was really, really surprised at that, especially uh, where that team's at and where I think they could be. I thought Otto Porter to the Warriors for the veteran minimum. That's a guy that I wanted the Cavs to pick up with part of their mid-level exception. Veteran coming off the bench. I really wanted that. I think, you know, the Warriors have just kind of positioned themselves. They're back to, like, positionless basketball. We talked about what they did in the draft. Obviously, Clay's coming back. Wiseman. You know, all the guys. All the guys that they have. Kelly Oubre, Wiggins. That team's just really going to be fun to watch giving Steph the money I think was great we talked about Miami you know that was I thought they a lot of good but you know I don't I don't see him necessarily going anywhere and then I don't think anybody can talk about free agency and I'm surprised you didn't talk about the Lakers they're my well we're not I'm not done I'm not done with my they're team. probably my favorite team right now like oh my besides God. the besides wow. the Cavs Besides the Cavs, I would say that they are my favorite team. Bringing in Mello, bringing in Monk, Malik Monk, bringing in Kendrick Nunn, Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard. I mean, I just, I love everything that they've done. It, (laughs) Russ, Bron, AD, like that team is going to be really good. They're going to be deep. And I think they're going to be able to load manage. Here's the thing. You can fucking roll the ball. Russell Westbrook will play 48 minutes a night if you ask him to. Every night. He'll play 48 minutes a night, 82 games. So what they've really done is they've positioned it with a lot of these veterans who just know how to score, know how to play, know how to play their role very well. Melo's definitely in that group now, too, where he's just kind of learned how to play his role. I think Braun and AD are probably going to play about 50 games in the regular season next year. Both of them load management central. And you're just going to have Russell Westbrook out there getting fucking triple doubles every night. Mello scoring 14 points a game, you know, Kent Bazemore being the, you know, 10th, 11th guy on the bench, but everybody's going to get a lot of playing time. They're going to be really deep. Let's see what happens with Schroeder. I don't, I don't know, but you know what I'm, I love, what the Lakers have done. And, you know, there's all the jokes about the pens and, you know, walkers and canes and all that shit. Look, that team is going to be really good and they're going to be really hard to beat in the playoffs. And I think right now they're the best team in the West and I got to see what else Brooklyn does. But I would say right now, 
I think they're my favorite to win the championship next year. Now, in the open, I was like this close to giving you a future. I just don't like the number. I think that you'll get a better number uh, uh, during the season on the Lakers. They're, they're co-favorites right now on bet, at betonline.ag with, uh, with, the, uh, with the Nets at plus 300. I think you'll get a better number during the year because, as you mentioned, and I agree with you, I don't – you know, 50 might see, might be a little bit low just because we know LeBron has historically right. stuff no, about I, it. But, but you get, you knew what I, you knew the point, yes. right? And I agree. I agree with it wholeheartedly. Russ is just going to be out there just, just balling and, and sucking up triple doubles like he does. It's a collection of guys that I think, like you said, know how to play basketball. They, a lot of them have a relationship with LeBron already. A lot of, you know, Dwight's been there. I think Monk is a huge pickup for them. We've all been there. Reese has been there. Wayne Ellington's been there. Yeah, yeah. Not, the, not the, LeBron, the Malik yeah, Monk yeah. thing today was I, I, that, I think that was I huge. saw that. That was and Kendrick Nunn I think is a big one too because that's a guy that played well at times and I just felt like he kind of got lost in the shuffle in Miami and they didn't necessarily use him right. So I think that yeah, was and huge too. It ended weirdly there, but I think this will be good for him. You know, he it was it was uh, reported that he turned down more money from the Knicks to, to go out and chase a ring. So yeah, I I do I think they're the best team and you know like largely these signings don't really matter if LeBron and 80 are healthy. I think that they're the best team. And, and, you know, I think they were the best team if they had stayed healthy last year, but these guys are a lot more fun. You know, it's fun to see Melo and LeBron team back up. And I, I just think that I, I think they're going to be really fun. And I, I, I'm actually like recharged. want to watch Lakers game again. Oh yeah. Like I may get the package next year to watch. <laughs> I'm not fucking like, I, I know you can't believe what you're hearing right now, but they've become I'm legitimately floored. They've become like their favorites, but they're sort of underdogs at the same time because all offseason, for the rest of the offseason, and really all season long next year, all you're going to be hearing about is how they're too fucking old. They're never going to hold up. Anthony Davis is injury prone. LeBron's old. Russell Westbrook is too much, is too bald. Like, you're going to hear every reason in the world why they can't win. And those are the team. That's the kind of team that I like to root for. Now, I do think the Russ fit is weird for the playoffs. Like, I do think that you're going to have to see. And I, I'm not sure that he will adjust because we we just never seen him adjust. Will he now? Is he is he have these last few years of just kind of nothing taught him anything? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I hope they have, but during the regular season, he's it's it's just gonna be so much fun to watch him play. I think what you need from him is a, sort of what Giannis did this year in the playoffs: shoot less than two three pointers mm-hmm. a game, like just attack, 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 distribute, get to the free throw line. Russ could go to the free throw line. 12, yeah. 14, you can get 14 fucking shots a game from the line, you know, in the playoffs. So I don't think it's going to be as, as hard. I think it's going to allow LeBron to play off the ball a little bit at times, sort of take the breaks that we talk about, right? Maybe even allow, to be honest with you, maybe even allow him to tighten down a little bit on defense at certain times when he needs to. You never know. He may have to play defense against Kevin Durant in the finals next year. Yeah, I just don't think. Yeah, for sure. I think you can see that. You'll definitely see that more in the playoffs. That's what I was referring to. And maybe, maybe he trusts him more so than any other teammate he's had since Kyrie Irving. I mean, that Dwayne was the Wade, first time. Since Dwayne Wade. I mean, we saw him trust Kyrie Irving pretty explicitly more recently than Dwayne Wade. So. Mistake. Can't trust Kyrie. <laughs> 
Yeah, that that 2016 ring was such a mistake. Right. Anyway, you got anything else on the NBA free agency before this turns into a Kyrie bash session? I think I think your Otto Porter love was kind of weird, but other than that, all right, let's move to the NFL. Enough of the NBA. Plenty more to talk about as as we get through the off season and closer to the regular season. Let's do the NFL over under game. One division per week. You guys have been listening to us for the past several weeks. This week, we have the NFC South. All right, you ready? I'm ready. NFC South plays the AFC East, the NFC East, plus the team from the AFC South that finished with the same record as them. So they will have the AFC South team with the same record, the NFC North team with the same record and the NFC West team with the same record. All right. So you got Atlanta. Atlanta plays the Lions at home. They're at San Francisco and they're at Jacksonville. The real storyline with Atlanta, honestly, in my opinion, is are they delaying the inevitable? You know, do we. They're, they're, they're kind of trying to keep the hope alive. Did they make a mistake in the draft this year by taking Kyle Pitts at four instead of going a different direction? Seven and a half, what you got? Man, they got a cl- tough closing stretch. I'm going to say under. So you go under seven and a half. I see four in like two maybes. I'm going under. I think five and 12. I definitely think they're going to regret not drafting a quarterback at four. And here's the problem, right? They're going to go five and 12. They're going to have a high pick. That means Matt Ryan's not going to have a good year. And the quarterback class next year is nowhere near what it was this year. So it's going to be a situation where they may have to roll with Matty Ice for another year because they don't want to take a flyer on the kid from North Carolina or Spencer Rattler or the kid from USC or whatever, right? So We'll see what happens. I think they made it. Look, nobody's Kyle Pitts is going to be a great player. But the reality is, is they had Justin Fields sitting there at four. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to have a good year in Chicago. So we'll see. Carolina. Sam Darnold era starts in Charlotte. Things can be interesting. They have the Vikings at home. They play at Arizona. And they play at Houston. Seven and a half for them as well. What do you think? I think that's a lot of fucking wins. So do I. Um, that closing stretch is absolutely brutal. I don't see how they get there. Yeah, I don't see it. I see five. At, at Buffalo versus Tampa. At New Orleans. At Tampa. At Tampa. Yeah. At Tampa. I see five and like two. Two maybes. Maybe a third. Maybe a third. Maybe. I'm going under. I think Atlanta will definitely be the worst team in the division. I have Carolina. I'm going just under. I have them going seven and ten. I don't know. I don't know if they're worse than Atlanta, but yeah, under. New Orleans is interesting, right? You got this whole Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Obviously, I think Jameis is going to be the starting quarterback, but there's clearly going to be the shit that Sean Payton does where, you know, they're rolling down the field and then they pulls the quarterback to bring Taysom Hill in to do a fucking, you know, read option or whatever. That none of that's going to stop, which is crazy. And, you know, I think Drew Brees handled it well. I don't know if Jameis Winston's going to be able to, to handle it as well as, as Drew Brees did. So that's going to be interesting. They have the Packers. Here, and this is the other thing. They finished first in that division last year. So they have the first place schedule. So they got the Packers at home. They're at Seattle and they're at Tennessee. 
nine games. What do you think? God damn it, man. That was my number for him. I push. I'm going push. You know, You're going I, I think I, I could see him very easily. My, I was thinking I'm just looking at it right now and just off the top of my head, just counted nine. You know, they could certainly lose one of those that I was just so hastily just gave them a win on. But, uh, you know, they could win, you know, Sean Payton, they could they could win something that they probably shouldn't. So I'm going to say push. I think it's going to be a tough year for them. You know, like I said, first place schedule and they obviously lost their franchise quarterback. Mike Thomas is already having issues. Um, yeah, maybe I'm giving too much credit to Peyton. You never want to be the guy after the guy, and I'm pretty sure you don't want Jameis Winston to be that guy. After, the, I mean, I like Jameis. I I guess I like the idea of Jameis, right? Like he's going to throw 30 touchdowns. He's going to throw 30 interceptions. He, you know, he's going to chuck. The he had ball eye surgery. He's not going to throw 30 interceptions. Yeah, he's, he's like got 2020 now. <laughs> Uh, you know, I see four wins. I see Woo! four. I, no, no, hold on. Hold on. Okay, you got to okay, let me finish. Okay. I, <laughs> that's a flaming hot take. I see four and five, maybe. So I see okay, four okay. certain. And then there's like five games in there where I'm like, you know, I could see this going either way. And I think my, the Michael Thomas thing's really look, if Mike Thomas is only out for like three weeks, that's one thing. But if he doesn't come back until like Halloween or no November, like, I, they could be in trouble. I'm going under. I have them finishing with the same record as Caroline. I have them both going seven and ten. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Question is, they're going to run it back. They're bringing back everybody. Um, it's really unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you – today's actually Tom Brady's birthday, so happy birthday to the GOAT. Uh, they do not have the first-place schedule. They have the second-place schedule, which I think is nice. They have the Bears at home. They have – they're at the Rams and they're at the Colts. And then obviously, you know, we know the Colts already Carson Wentz has gone down and it looks like Jacob Eason's taken the first team snaps. They signed Brett Hundley. So, you know, the Colts, I think are in for a rough year and we just did them last week and I picked them to go over and that's, that hasn't aged very well. 11 and a half. What do you think? Yeah, I had 12 for sure. So, and uh, so I'm going over, they'll probably get 14 or so, but Man, they can pretty much coast after Christmas mm-hmm. into uh into what's probably going to end up being a bye. So, yeah, yeah, over. I mean, I agree. They have a favorable schedule. There's no like, there's no real tough stretches, right? They don't have like a two, three, four game stretch where it's like, oh man, they could be in trouble there. It's, I think it's really favorable. I see like twelve wins for sure, and like three maybe's. Yeah, that's that's about where I'm at. I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking go. forward to that that game in LA though. That that'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be a tough one. That's one of the maybes for sure. And I'm at go, Washington. Yeah, and that's one of the maybes as well. I you know yeah. they struggled with Washington last year in the playoffs. Washington's going to be better this year. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say 13 and four. Like you said, I think they're a 13 or a 14 win team. I think it's very easy for them to get there. So. And depending on what this new 17 game schedule is like, we've never seen this before, where a team could sit out you know, rest their starters for, for two weeks. You know, I, I don't know. The rest of the division doesn't seem to be, you know, very threatening. I, w- I wouldn't say. So who knows, you know, they finish, they finish Carolina, uh, New York at, at New York jets and then Carolina again. So I, I think, you know, we, we could see, you know, an unprecedented two week stretch unless green Bay is right there for the buy. I think we're all going to learn a lot about this 17 game season 
with the preseason as well, is there like a traditional dress rehearsal in the preseason? Do they do one series game one, one quarter game two, and then game three is sort of the rest your starters? I don't well, know. Your boy already said, you know, none of the LA guys are going to play. Your boy at all. already said, yeah. I think they did that last year as well. Wait, there weren't there weren't preseason games last year, were there? No, but the year it was before. the year before. Yeah. yeah, I I think getting them, you know, a couple a couple series is one thing. Yeah, I don't I don't think these guys have to play a half or whatever. And I think and, that's what you're going to see for for most of these teams. Most yeah. most teams, um, you know, maybe maybe some teams that are they're trying new things that that have younger guys like the Jets. It's a different <clears> story, the, right? The Jack the Jags. I bet you the Jags will play. Play their uh, play their guys quite a bit just because of Herb the might play them all four quarters, <laughs> all three games. That's what I'm saying. Teams like the Packers and the and the the Bucks. Aaron Rodgers ain't taking a snap in the, the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah, I am. Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll play a couple series, maybe, maybe. Starting quarterbacks are too much of a premium in this league. No team really has a good backup quarterback situation. I just I don't think you want to risk losing your 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 starting quarterback in the preseason so more to come next week let's see next week we will do the afc east all right special secret topic of the day of the week that luke doesn't know about texas and oklahoma <laughs> going going to the sec in 2025 overall just what are your thoughts on that and then, you know what, let's just start with this. What are your thoughts on that move? I think it's great for college football. I don't think it's particularly great for, for Texas and Oklahoma, specifically Oklahoma. Um, you know, they were a team that was winning the conference every single year, and that's not going to be the case anymore. So it'll be interesting to see what, what the playoff implications will be. And But I think that I'm just a big fan of this because I think this is a major blow to just – the NCAA as we know it. It's pretty obvious that these schools, these these premier programs have decided that they've had enough of the NCAA. Clemson denied making contact with the SEC, which we all know that that means they made contact with the SEC. We haven't heard anything from any anybody up north in the Big Ten or, or the Pac-12, but we've been very vocal about what we think of the NCAA, and it's not good. So I, I think that this is a good thing along those lines. Plus I want to see now granted Texas has been down, but I want to see that I want to see these teams play each other. I think that they, I think that they should be these major these just 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 make it two major conferences whether they're 25 teams, 30 teams, whatever it is and make it more of an NFL schedule and quit treating this like it's amateur athletics because it's not. Yeah, I mean I, I think that's definitely the direction we're going. There, there's no question. These teams don't need the NCAA. The NCAA has always needed these teams more than the teams needed the NCAA. And I think they're finally figuring figuring out that eventually they can just sort of disband this overarching body that is the NCAA and they can each run their own individual leagues and have their own sort of commissioners and, and run it. I think what you're going to see is exactly what you said. I think we will have two, two major conferences, East and West, North and South, whatever at some point but what's going to happen is over time the, the conferences are going to go away right so the big east is already kind of gone a lot of those teams didn't play football but we saw that disband when you know the teams went to the ACC and 
Now you're basically going to see the Big 12 go away. And then it's really, I think what you're ultimately going to see is a Big 10 and an SEC, sort of a Northern and Southern division or a conference or whatever. And you're going to have the playoffs of eight or 12 or whatever. And then you'll have little balls where the, the first team that doesn't make the playoffs plays the first team that doesn't make the playoffs from each, you know? So I think ultimately that's what we're going to have. I love it. To your point, I don't think it's good for Texas or Oklahoma. I think it's really bad for Texas A&M because it was a recruiting tool for them and they're fucking pissed. And I think they should be, but it was a recruiting tool for them to get away from Texas. So, you know, I, I think it, I, I don't love it for them and Jimbo Fisher, but I think here's the big, the big question, right? Like the last time we saw major realignment when Miami and, um, you Pittsburgh, know, Virginia Pitt Tech. And Boston College went to the went to the ACC. We saw other teams move too, right? We saw Nebraska go to the Big Ten. We, we've seen we've seen teams move around. Colorado, right, went to the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So clearly this is going to have ramifications. So my question to you is what, maybe not necessarily what you think is going to happen, but what would you like to see happen with some of these remaining big 12 teams? Because that conference isn't going to be able to stand on its own without, without its two strongest pillars. So it's really going to be ripe for the picking and you're going to see these other conferences come in and, and take teams. So who would you like to see go where? Well, we've already heard, you know, that, that, I believe it was Kansas and Iowa State had already reached out to the Big Ten like almost immediately after this this Texas Oklahoma stuff broke. So yeah, we're definitely going to see probably some mass movement. I mean, with programs as big as Texas and Oklahoma, all due respect to the, the schools that you mentioned that moved from the Big East to the ACC, they're not they're not Texas and Oklahoma. I, I understand. I would argue that maybe Miami was. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. And we've seen that the move hasn't been great for them, but that's got a lot to do with other things not just the move but um i I think that the most natural thing that you can kind of do here is and it's not going to be as clean as this but a big 10 and the pac-12 just kind of merge you know they have the the rose bowl uh and it's kind of obviously that's kind of outdated now but that's old school it gives you a little bit of tradition but uh you know add notre dame in in with that group and then you have some pretty natural rivalries there with with the michigan schools and notre dame ohio state notre dame Ohio State, USC, and you know you get to you get to have your your already rivalries that are in those conferences with USC and UCLA get to get to keep their rivalries. Ohio State, Michigan gets to stay the same, and then kind of an ACC merging with the SEC. Who doesn't want to see Clemson and Alabama at least at once every you know guaranteed once every other year, once every three years? I think that that makes the most sense. I just want to see the best teams play the best teams, and I think that's the best way to get it. I like what you just proposed, but I think it's a little bit too dramatic, right? I think that may ultimately be. Sure, this, yeah, yeah. I think that's, you're sorry, that, skipping. That's big, you're skipping. Yes, I was, oh, yeah, I definitely did. This was right? this was definitely a uh, a jumping off point at the end of of what this will look like. So, I, what I think. My proposal basically leaves Kansas State and West Virginia homeless. So maybe they join the AAC, right? The American <laughs> Athletic Conference, or isn't that the one that like Cincinnati and Central Florida and all that are in? Yeah, but oh man, West Virginia's threatened a couple times with the BCS, and uh, you know, I, with uh, I don't see it. So here's what I'm. This is my proposal, and this is what I would like to see. Kansas State, West Virginia, homeless. Maybe they go to the AAC or whatever. But I propose that the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten 
all get a team that I think is relevant or potentially could help their individual conferences and a Texas school because all, they all want to recruit in Texas. So I got the ACC bringing on Kansas, obviously, for the basketball piece of it. Right. Oh, nice. They're definitely not Funny. a football team, but then you put it, you put Kansas in the ACC for basketball and you give them Texas tech. I think Texas tech is a team that I think is fun could fit in the ACC little spread offense. And obviously every once in a while, they're good in basketball. So I'm going to give the ACC Kansas and Texas tech, the pack 12. I'm going to give them Oklahoma state because they're West, right? They're, they're close. And I think, I think I like them with TCU in this case. TCU, I went back and forth between TCU and Baylor, who I thought would fit better where. And I just kind of landed on TCU to the Pac-12 because prior to TCU joining the Big 12, weren't they in one of those conference West? Mountain West. Mountain West, right? So I think it just fits natural historically, geographically, I guess maybe it fits. And the Big 12. But wait, who doesn't want to see Mike Gundy versus the California schools, baby? Come on, yeah, that's great. That's fun, right? So I like TCU, Oklahoma State, and the Pac-12, and then that leaves Iowa State. Look, Iowa State's always going to the Big Ten. Big there's 10 no, all over there's no fucking question about that. The only reason why that might not happen is because Iowa's like, fuck no, I don't want them in the big 10 because they're our rival and da, 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 da. But I think Iowa state's perfect. And I really like Baylor. I think Baylor is interesting because they're both a football and a basketball school. And a lot of what the big Ten's doing now, they, they have, they're kind of, they have several schools that are kind of good at both. Right. So I really like the idea of Iowa state and Baylor going to the big 10. We'll see what happens. I think it's probably going to end up being Iowa State and West Virginia going to the Big Ten. Um, that makes some sense. Just too, because yeah. it's more geographically. But I like in my scenario where everybody gets a Texas school to help Texas recruiting to their conference. Like the proposal, I like the, I like the alignments. Um, tough break for K State and West Virginia, but they'll but yeah. be fine. They'll be fine. They'll are still we sure? Are we sure that Baylor, like, I know that they just won a national championship in, in basketball, but like, are we sure that? Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I was, I was going to say K State, you might be right there. No way. <laughs> Kansas State hasn't been good at anything since Jordy <laughs> Nelson. It's been a long time. All right. That's it for this week. In the coming weeks, next week, we're going to have our second annual uh, Madden episode collaboration with zero dark nerdy so be on the lookout for that we will probably do our own episode next week so the madden episode will be a zero dark nerdy episode that we guest on so be on the lookout for that we got nfl college football previews coming and look i promise i know i say this every week i'm gonna go ahead on a limb and say not next week but the week after will be 2020 actually you know what it might be next week we'll see we'll see how it plays out either next week or the week after will be our third annual 2021 quarterback power rankings can't Don't wait for, you i know you can't wait i'm really pumped i already started working on it actually oh i started working on it two weeks ago baby i'm yeah. ready i'm locked I have, i've had the spreadsheet open in my computer and i look at it and not as much movement as you would think just a little bit of a preview there don't forget at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, and subscribe to us. We are also now available on all your favorite streaming platforms. 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. You can also find us on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only betonline.ag. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. A quick shout out to Olympic golf. It was fantastic. I stayed up till 5 a.m. Sunday morning watching my man Xander pull it home. The seven-way playoff for the for the bronze was was incredible. Some comments from Rory and JT. Look them up. I think they were really uh, really surprised. They enjoyed the experience. Team USA, baby. Somebody suck me. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube